she asks, although they were introduced on the ground. Randall Crane! Crane! Hi! I've been commissioned to write up the trip for World Magazine. The journalist? She might as well have said a cockroach or a hernia, something decidedly unwelcome. She looks away through the window next to her to where sunlight burns on a smooth field of white cloud. It's beautiful. Is this what the Arctic looks like? He leans towards her, eager and also moved, made almost breathless by the strength of the light, the hot blue of the sky. After the visceral experience of takeoff, it feels as though they aren't moving at all. You've never been there? No, he admits cheerfully. He can't help grinning. He's been told he has a winning smile. I can't wait to see it. I hope you don't mind me saying I've been reading about you. Does she cock her ear towards him slightly? Flattery never fails with these old birds. You were a superstar. You knew all the explorers, didn't you? Armitage, Wellborn, Debane, and the rest. It was an amazing time, all those discoveries. You were a pioneer. Well, yes. And the controversy. I've always been fascinated by what happened. What was your take on it? He could slow down, shoot, probably, but he's so full of energy it bubbles up through him like an unstoppable spring. What controversy? The Armitage de Bain controversy. The mystery over what happened to them. You knew them, didn't you? Goodness, it's such a long time ago. They're all dead except me. The way she says this, it's impossible to tell whether she feels satisfaction or regret. What does it matter now? Doesn't the truth matter? He gazes hopefully at her eyes, which avoid his and give nothing away. No one seems to know what really happened. I'd love to know what you think as someone who was there. What really happened? She smiles, not at him, but for herself. You flatter me if you think I know the truth. I'd like to know your opinion. Could I talk to you about it? It's very noisy here. Oh, yes, not here, of course. It is noisy, isn't it? The Snow Queen leans her head back against the seat, her eyes angled out of the window. She looks tired, but to Randall, from his unassailable vantage point of 27 years, old people always look tired. She must be, what, 77? Older than his grandmother, Lottie. Her hair is as white as the clouds outside. Her eyes dark grey, unreadable like boring pebbles. She wears discreet makeup, so she cares what people think. That gives him hope. He's done his homework on her too, read her books on the north and trawled the archives for contemporary accounts. Newspaper reports from the 1890s described her as beautiful, although he found this hard to verify from the accompanying photographs. Usually blurred and tiny, she tends to be one of a group of white-faced people staring at the camera wearing hats, lined up at the gunwale of a ship, standing on a quay, at the front of a lecture theatre. But there was one portrait taken when she was in her early twenties. It is a studio-based fantasy wherein the girl known as the Snow Queen poses stiffly in front of a painted, icy landscape, 
her round, smooth face emerging from a halo of furs, lips closed, her eyes fixed on an imaginary horizon. A thick snake of hair winds over her shoulder. Handsome rather than beautiful, in his opinion. If Randall stared at the picture for long enough, he felt he could discern something in the wide-open eyes. But what was it? Arrogance? Ambition? Alarm? Almost any emotion, once he thought of it, could be imputed to those frozen features. Like most old portraits, it tantalised and revealed little. In the seat next to him, the Snow Queen's eyes are closed. He cannot see the girl she was in her face. He suspects she is not asleep. His grandmother claims never to sleep, says you dispense with the need when you get old. Randall looks around him. Some of the scientists are...